Hi everyone, it's Hermes here with this week's message, God's Signed Covenant. Floods are an unwelcome part of our human experience, be they in the home from a busted pipe or as the result of a natural disaster. They leave behind such damage. We've also seen the images of the extreme displacement caused by floods, the mess in the streets and in homes, people having to move around by pirogue, people stranded in their homes, people having to evacuate their homes on short notice, the damage to property, and even the loss of life. It's an annual experience for us as a global community. In the lesson for today, the first Sunday in Lent, year B, Genesis 9, 8-17, to God establishes a covenant with Noah after the great flood. Now, Holy Scripture doesn't describe the landscape after the flood. And while Noah did have to wait some time before exiting the ark, one can only imagine the mess, the sight, and the smells that were left behind. What we do know is that the ark landed on the mountain Ararat. I imagine that that would have been some distance away from where Noah started, so that he would have been removed, properly removed from the mess of the flood. By the time the waters had receded, God had sufficiently removed Noah vertically and horizontally from the mess that had brought God to the point of sending the flood. Beloveds, in today's lesson, God's signed covenant, the rainbow, was a mark of the removal of the mess separating creation from God. Let's go back to Genesis 5 to understand how we got here. Genesis 5 ends with mention of Noah. Noah, at his introduction in scripture, was 500 years. The flood came when Noah was 600 years old. Within that time, and presumably even before, the world had become a very corrupt and sinful place. Even the sons of God had a part to play in that. In Genesis 6-4, we are told the sons of God went into the daughters of humans who bore children to them. Verse 5 goes on to lament that the Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. Beloveds, we were in a really bad way. Without recounting the entire story, I'll leave you to retrace the steps yourself. The Lord was sorry that he had made humankind to the extent that it grieved his heart. Verse 6 of chapter 6. What was the Lord's decision? To blot out from the earth every living thing that God had created. This blotting out of every living thing except for Noah and his extended family would happen by flood. Chapter 7, chapters 7 and 8, describe the bursting of the skies and offer details of Noah's journey in the ark, ending with his period of waiting and testing before exiting the ark. Chapter 9, which is where we find ourselves today, describes the early days of Noah's recovery from the flood as he and his family exit the ark. It is at this point that God resets everything and signs a covenant with Noah. Beloveds, 
As I read chapters 6 to 8, I grapple with the details because within these chapters are two accounts of the flood with varying details. I see this grappling, though, as a reflection of the extent of the mess that needed to be washed away by the flood. Regardless of the differing details in the two accounts, the underlying message is this, that God was displeased with the course of creation and decided to destroy the corrupt elements, saving the righteous elements, Noah and his extended family. God, dear ones, was prepared to begin again, to recreate the course of creation. God, dear ones, did this in his righteous anger. But for having done this, God repented. And that's a word that I use guardedly. And God established and signed a covenant with Noah. He signed the covenant with the rainbow. And that covenant was for Noah, his family, and all of creation for all time, that never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth, Genesis 9, 11. God's signed covenant, beloveds, serves as a reminder to God of his covenant with all creation, not just humanity. To quote God, as recorded in today's text, when the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth verse 16 in chapter 9. The signed covenant, the rainbow, served as a reminder to God. Now it might seem odd that God needs a sign to remind him of a covenant. After all, God is faithful, unchanging, ever true. God does not forget. Terence Fretheim, in his commentary on working preacher from Luther Seminary on today's text says, this sign of divine remembering is one in which people can take comfort and hope. He goes on to note that it's a sign of divine goodwill towards the creation. Beloveds, God's signed covenant is God's faithful promise that he will restrain himself in executing judgment on us. Jonah grumbled against God for God's faithfulness to this very promise when he mourned. You are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing, Jonah 4, 2. Paul in his letter to the Romans pointed out that that comfort to us, God's divine restraint, should prompt our repentance. Do you despise the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? Do you not realize that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? He writes in Romans 2, verse 4. Again, we are reminded of this in Peter's second epistle. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish but all to come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, 9. Beloveds, God's signed covenant is a reminder to us of God's patience. God's signed covenant is a reminder to us of God's slowness to anger that will always create the space while there is life in our bodies for us to repent 
a comforting message during this Lenten season, during which we are being called to repentance, to a change of heart. A season, dear ones, in which we are being called back to the Father, walking in the way of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lent, dear ones, is a season in which God invites us to make a concerted effort to separate ourselves from the mess in our lives. God's signed covenant is a reminder to us that there is no sin except for blaspheming the Holy Spirit, see Matthew 12, 31-32, that is greater than God's capacity to forgive. God's signed covenant, beloveds, is a reminder that God leaves room for repentance. At the end of Lent, as we journey to the cross, will we not be reminded of the thief who was promised a place in paradise with Jesus? See Luke 23, 42-43. God's signed covenant is a reminder that God is prepared to separate us from the mess that separates us from him. Dear ones, we have made a mess of God's beautiful creation, individually and collectively. In our personal lives, we have lied, cheated, and stolen. We've been prideful, hateful, fearful, and doubtful. We have neglected to do the things that bring us closer to God, things like prayer, exercising diligence and worship, exercise, work, sleep, and eating. We've been unforgiving. Just think of the cancer culture captivating us now. We have disrespected the law of the land, breaking the speed limit, for example. In our communities, we've not loved the displays, treating immigrants like inconveniences. We have perpetuated biases against peoples of different cultures, esteeming some to be superior to others. We have ignored the needs of the vulnerable in our communities, the differently abled, the poor, the unemployed, children and senior citizens, for example. A tendency that makes days like World Day of Social Justice celebrated annually on 20th February, sadly, still relevant. Beloveds, these are just the injustices we commit against ourselves and our neighbors. But the signed covenant from God was one that included all of creation. In Genesis 9.13, God says, I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and all the earth. The signed covenant from God was intended to prompt a certain relationship between humanity and the rest of God's creation, restoring the balance and order that God created at creation. God's signed covenant, beloveds, is a call for us to treasure the earth and to be faithful stewards of God's earth, not only for us, but also for those who come after us. The annual floods, forest fires, unpredictable weather patterns, droughts, and other freak incidents in nature are recurring reminders that we have not been doing a good job. But as always, my purpose is not to leave us in despair, but to point us to the hope that Christ offers us. Always to return to the Father, to leave the mess, allowing God's floodwaters to wash it away. 
God sent the flood to blot out the transgressions of humanity in Noah's day. Later, God would use the blood of his son to wash away your sins. Lent is a deliberate and formal annual invitation to be cleansed by God's floodwaters and to step into agreement with God according to God's signed covenant. Beloveds, God's signed covenant will not change, neither will he rescind it. Jesus summarized what the Father requires of us to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Lent is the church's way of reminding us of that and to do that together as the body of Christ. Lent is the church's annual period of intentional focus on that signed covenant and how we might hold up our end of the covenant. God wants his church to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth, Genesis 9-1. God has established the covenant. He has signed it and he will remember it. God is calling us now to remember his signed covenant. Dear ones, I opened with a reference to the mess caused by floodwaters. Unfortunately, those waters leave us with the difficult task of working our way out of the mess and getting our lives back on track afterwards. The floodwaters that God sends lift us out of the mess and plant us on higher ground where God offers us a signed covenant, whether we countersign. My prayer is that we accept the offer of the signed covenant, trusting that God will establish us and restore us when we repent. My dear ones, I wish you a fruitful and blessed Lent.